and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, good morning, church, and welcome again to Church at Home. And here we are going through the Gospel of John. Now, this takes me back way, way, way back to when I was at Bible college almost 30 years ago. Can you believe that? And I was studying exegesis, which is essentially unpacking the Word of God with Reverend Dr. Ian Pennycook, a great man of God who taught me so much about God's Word and the power and presence of God. And at that time, we were happening to go through the book of John together. And at the same time, this song came out from a Hillsong by a man called Jeff Bullock. And a song called We Need Reviving. And uh, as I've been contemplating preparing for church at home and for preaching at Mount Annan this particular week, this song just kept resonating with me. And so I went into the archives and uh, thanks to Apple Music, I can actually play it again now. I'd lost the CD that I originally had. And uh, I've just been playing this song and being refreshed and renewed and encouraged by it. And it harkens back to a day when the church believes wholly in the solely in the power of God and the presence of God. And the words to the song go, we need reviving for this nation to see you, purifying to ever see your face, to be holy, to know the power of your spirit, to be righteous by will and by grace. And then we will know your power, the power of your spirit, and we will know your love, and then we will know your grace. We proclaim the truth, forgiven, cleansed, holy, then we will know your power, for we will see your face. And we need reviving for our hearts to be mended, sanctifying to know your power within, and to be forgiven, turn as a nation to seek you to know your fire, the fire of passion and the fire of love. What a phenomenal song it was at the time. And I remember being in exegesis, going through the Gospel of John, hitting John chapter 17, which is where we're up to, and having this song in the background. This passage, John chapter 17, is Jesus praying. And he's praying for the disciples. He's praying for individuals. He's praying for each individual disciple, but also for all who will come to know the gospel through the power of God. So in essence, he's praying not only for those individual disciples, but he's praying for all who would believe, that includes you and me, and those who are yet to believe, which includes those who are uh, being ministered to by us, the church. And it's such a powerful prayer. He prays for essentially three things. Uh, He prays that the church might be sanctified. You find that in John chapter 17, verse 17 to 19. He prays that we might be unified, united together as one. And then he prays also that we might be glorified. So the essence of the gospel is to know Christ. And we find that in John chapter 17, verse 3. What is eternal life? 
Verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What a great definition of what the gospel is. A commentator said this, Eternal life consists in the continual, progressive, and experiential knowledge of God, grounded in his revelation, culminating in Christ and his mission. Now, here's the thing. Paul said this, and it's one of my favourite verses found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul said, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. What a great and glorious thing it is to know Christ and to know his power. That's the revival that we've all been waiting for. I don't know if you've ever been short of breath, if you've ever run out of puff and you just are struggling to breathe. Have you seen those shows, emergency or hospital or 24-7, and you see people who are out of breath and then all of a sudden CPR is done and somebody breathes life into them. It's a picture of Jesus breathing life into the individual, breathing life into the church. When we're at our last resort and dead in the water, sometimes we need God to revive us and pour his spirit upon us and put his power and anointing upon us that we might be sanctified, unified and glorified. And and Jesus is praying for this. We will be the most effective when we allow God to do this transformation process within us as individuals and within us as a church. And there is power to be had because the end result is that people might know Jesus. Amen. Why does the church exist? The church exists so that the gospel can be spread, so that the good news of Jesus Christ can be shed abroad in the hearts of all people. What's God's desire? That no man shall perish, that all shall come to know him. And in order for that to happen, we as individuals and as a church need to heed the prayers of what Jesus prayed. We need to be sanctified, unified, glorified. We need to be revived in this time. Amen. So let's look at these three little things together and uh, we'll talk about what sanctification is first. Sanctification is the process of becoming holy or becoming set apart. It's being set apart as sacred. Now when you give your life to Christ, the Bible teaches us that the old has gone and the new has come. There is a sanctification that takes place. When I start to live for God's purposes and not mine, it means I've become sanctified, washed, cleansed, made holy, and set apart for the purposes of God. It is not only a one-time event, but it is an ongoing event. Sometimes when somebody's dehydrated, they don't give them full glasses of water to uh, rehydrate them. What do they do? They put a drip in and a steady, persistent drip gets put into their arm in order to revive them. And sometimes that's what we need. We need to be sanctified. And to be sanctified means being close to God and allowing him to and the Holy Spirit to go through the process of changing us and enabling us to live for him. Amen. 
It's the work of the Holy Spirit changing our whole nature. And the prayer that uh, that Jesus said was, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And so we find a rich sanctification when we read God's word, when we understand God's word, when we allow God's word to, to seep into us, to change us. And we understand who God is and what his purpose is for you and I. Amen. There are two ways to understand being set apart. One is to be separate for holiness, and that's true, but also set apart for service. When we come into the kingdom of God as an individual, God calls us to serve him. In fact, he makes us ambassadors of the gospel. And so to be close to him, to be sanctified by him, to be set apart by him, means that we allow him to use us. And the more we do that, the more others get to know him. Amen. And that's his purpose. Amen. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. If you've ever worried about you know, whether you're good enough to be with God or for God or doing work on his behalf, you've got to understand that it's God's work of sanctification. God himself, the God of peace, First Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says, may he sanctify you through and through. 1 Peter 1 verse 2 tells us that the Holy Spirit will sanctify us and he carries out the work of helping us to become a new creation. Philippians 1 verse 6 tells us that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to bring it to completion. Of course, Christ's blood is the one that sanctifies us. We are washed by the blood of Jesus. He redeems us. He cleanses us as he makes us holy. And then prayer itself, we can pray that God might sanctify us. And that's a good thing for us to do as a church. So as individuals, we need to be sanctified. And as a church, we need to be sanctified. The second thing that Jesus prays for is that we would be unified. And that's found in chapter 20. Uh, Sorry, John 17, verse 20. And he says, I will remain in the world no longer. But he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also that those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. What a great passage that is. You know, marriage is the symbol of two people coming together for one purpose, to be united together to represent what Christ has done with the church. When we are unified as a body, as we're unified, as we come together as one voice piece of God, as one uh, body working together for his purposes. There is a great presence of God around about us. It says that the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and you and I together are one. Now, there, there is just something about knowing when you wake up in the morning that God is with you. When you understand that God is with you, nothing in this world can separate you from him then that unity brings about his presence. And if we want others to know him, the presence of God is essential. Now, a couple of things will stop us from being uh, in unity with one another. The enemy will do all he can to bring us with disunity. He'll, He'll try to convince us that we're not the person we should be. He'll try to convince us that we're not the person that God has told us we are. He'll try to get factions develop in the church so that we are separated in purpose. Because he, the enemy knows that if we can get together 
in unity, then the purpose of God gets fulfilled. God wants people to know him. And as a result, all of us must work together. We ought to pray for one another. We ought to love one another. We ought to encourage one another. So many of you, you can do a study on the one another's of Scripture, and you'll see a whole heap of things where God encourages us to be unified. You know why? Because where unity is, God commands a blessing. Uh, the great Psalm 133 tells us that when the brothers dwell together in unity, then God commands a blessing. How good it is, he says, when God's people live together in unity. Now, think about this for a second. When we've been sanctified, means we're set apart. We're living for him. When we've been unified, means together we are doing the one purpose of establishing God's kingdom here on earth. And when we do it together, God commands a blessing upon us. Whew. So Jesus prayed that we would be sanctified, that we would be unified. And the reason he prayed that we might be unified is because he wants us to be glorified. Woo-hoo. Think about that for a second. He prayed that we would be glorified, meaning that we would have the glory that God had given him on this earth. You remember when Jesus said, the things I have done, you as a body will be able to do even greater things. Glory is when God's presence comes by. Think about that for a second. You want your friends to know Jesus? You want your family members to know Jesus? If the glory of God is resting upon you, glory simply means favour of God, presence of God, where the things of God get manifest in your world. We want the glory of God upon our church. And if we live in sanctification set apart, if we live in unity with one another, then God commands that the glory would be upon us. Then the world will know that we are disciples of him and people will be added into the church. That's what Jesus' prayer is all about in John chapter 17. He prays that the world may know God. Amen. And he prays three things. Sanctified, unified, glorified. And what is this gospel? That we might know him. Oh, I believe that there are many people going to know Jesus as a result of us studying together. John chapter 17. I'm going to play this song for you. And I pray that your small group would listen to it and reflect upon it. And then we'll talk about those three things and how we can be changed for the glory of God. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.